Are you tired of spending countless hours in the kitchen every week trying to figure out what to make and constantly overspending on takeout? My guide, Well Prepped, is here to revolutionize your mealtime routine by offering you the perfect solution. Prep once, cook twice, and enjoy delicious, macro-friendly meals all week long. The food struggle is real. You want to eat well-balanced meals that taste good. You want to make most of your meals at home, but don't want to be a slave to your kitchen. You know you should be eating more protein, but don't know how in the world to get it in. You're overwhelmed with just choosing a recipe you have saved, so you end up getting takeout again. Insert well-prepped, a guide I created to take the guesswork out of efficiently making delicious, macro-friendly meals. This guide provides you with eight weeks of recipes. Each week, you'll prep once for 30 minutes, cook twice, and then enjoy eating all week. That's right. The two recipes will make you a total of six meals. I even made Instacart links for all the weekly groceries you'll need so you don't even need to think about grocery shopping. I'm all about saving time, money, and mental energy when it comes to feeding my family healthy meals, and now I get to share that with you. Grab your copy of Well Prepped at aishazaza.com. And from my kitchen to yours, cheers to eating well and being well prepped. Welcome to the Mindset Mile podcast, the show that'll leave you empowered to take action towards becoming the turned up version of your already awesome self. I'm your host, Aisha Zaza, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's go. Hey friend, you've heard me talk a lot about affirmations on the podcast and how much power our words and thoughts have over how we operate. For as simple as saying daily affirmations is, I know it can feel like you're not sure what to say, or you keep wanting to start the habit, but you haven't gotten to it yet. Which is why I'm so grateful this episode is sponsored by Self Pause a positive affirmation and visualization app that has thousands of inspiring, professionally recorded affirmations. I love having an app that takes the guesswork out of what to say, and all of the affirmations are always what I need to hear. There are lots of great categories to choose from to fit your personal goals and aspirations, like self-love, confidence, body appreciation, financial growth, stress, basically everything we talk about on this show and more. I've made it a habit to start my morning listening to a recording, and it's helped my mindset so much. Regularly practicing mindfulness is essential for personal growth, so whether you're a manifestation beginner or expert, Self-Pause app is for you. Download the app by going to Self-Pause, that's S-E-L-F-P-A-U-S-E dot com backslash mindset mile. That's selfpause.com backslash mindset mile to start using guided positive affirmations straight from your phone. I'm asked all the time about nutrition, and though I don't have a formal background on the subject, it is something I'm passionate about and I'm constantly taking initiative to learn more about and apply in my own life. I know that when it comes to food and nutrition, information can get easily overwhelming. So I knew I wanted to have a meaningful conversation with someone who could explain the direction I think so many want to go with their nutrition, but don't know the way. When I thought who would be a wealth of information on the topic, I looked no further than Jenny Blake. Jenny is a licensed nutritionist who helps ladies who lift change their body composition by being well-fed and properly fueled. As a lifelong athlete, a background in competitive CrossFit, a nationally qualified bikini competitor, and one who's always learning, Jenny has mastered the strategies of nutrition to build muscle, decrease body fat, and gain optimal health. She's helped hundreds of ladies build their shape, understand the nutrition strategy, and create a nutrition routine to serve them long-term in her program, Create Your Shape. We talked about what exactly macros are what they mean in terms of properly fueling your body to perform at its best and to get in the shape you desire. But even more importantly, we discussed how learning about nutrition in this way can help you take your control back with food and not be led by emotional and stress eating. I think you're really going to find this episode super helpful in your continued journey to your best self and health. So without further ado, let's get to the interview. Hey fam, welcome back to the Mindset Mile podcast. I am so excited 
because today we are doing our first interview with good friend Jenny Blake. Jenny is a licensed nutritionist, and she and I actually met in San Diego when she was living there for a brief stint at an adult gymnastics class. I think that is the best intro I've received <laughs> yet. Yeah, we met at a um, gymnastics class and we were just tumbling and flipping around and a friend of a friend, I think, brought you. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I was down visiting and yeah, she's like, do you want to go to a gymnastics class with me? I was like, absolutely, I do. <laughs> of course I do. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> yeah, so that that's how we met. And then we've just stayed in contact since then. And mm-hmm. yeah, and- all on Instagram, because now you're just traveling around. How long were you in San Diego? So I did actually live in San Diego for about four years. And then that's when we, from there, we decided, you know, we have our online business. We can go anywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. Nothing's holding us down. Let's just go. And so since then, we've been traveling full time. So we're, you know, that was three years ago. So I actually met you right before we left. Okay, I didn't realize that was home base because I've watched you since then travel around and take your business with you everywhere, which I think is just the coolest thing ever. You have such an adventurous, fun life that I think everyone can get a little uh, inspiration from. So very cool. And I always love a gal that is, you know, as an adult, you're like, how do I meet people? You know, like, what a great opportunity and great way to connect with people that are like, adventurous and like-minded. And so I just love that we met at an adult gymnastics class. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I was, somebody asked me this the other day, like, how do you meet people as you travel around? Cause normally yeah. we're in one place for, you know, three to six months. And, you know, typically it's like, oh, it's hard to meet people. But at the same time, you'd be surprised how many people are into going to adult gymnastics classes. Right. Mm-hmm. Or I just signed up for improv acting classes, which I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm like, well, let's, I'm going to go and I'm sure I'll meet people there, right? Or different gyms, like CrossFit gyms are so easy to meet mm-hmm. people um, or different, you know, communities or events, or you just, all it takes is knowing one person and mm-hmm. then it just opens the door. So it's actually pretty easy to meet people by just doing things that you want to do. I love that. Yeah. And yeah. you're, you live that through and through that is clear. So we could all use a little bit more of that in our lives. That's spontaneity. That's so cool. Okay, so I'm super excited to chat with you, Jenny. You are such a wealth of knowledge when it comes to nutrition, and I love everything that you share. And granted, I mean, you started your your podcast not too long ago, but before then, it was mostly just like on Instagram that I've, you know, become very familiar with how you teach macros in um, with your clients and how to make that a lifestyle. And so I am just super excited to have this conversation today because I know food and diet can be such a touchy subject, um, as I think we're all realizing as a society that this has been like a very toxic space. Yes. But how do we learn the tools to fuel our body and, you know, all that stuff? So let's just say someone is a complete newbie to macros. How do we explain what you do with them? Yeah. So if you're a complete newbie to macros, I think the first thing is just understanding what are macros, right? What is that in the first place? And I like to describe it as it's something that it's a way for you to understand food. It's not another diet or another like point system or another like layer that's been put on food. It really is just describing food. So I actually think whether you're, you know, going to be tracking your macros down to the gram or not, I think it's important for everybody to just understand food in this context. So how do you do that? Right? So most people are familiar with calories. You burn a certain amount of calories throughout the day. And for most ladies who are working out in some capacity, it's a lot more than we think. It's generally 2,000 calories or more, right? So you know that you're burning that much per day. And so just like a car, if your car is burning a certain amount of fuel, you have to give your car enough fuel for it to operate. Same thing with your body. You have to be eating enough and giving your body those nutrients. So if you think of it like gas for your car, it's like calories, right? So you have to have enough calories in your body for your body to operate at an optimal level. And so calories are in the form of food. So all food has a certain amount of calories that is energy. So now that we have that context laid out, we can double click down and get even a little bit more specific. 
because we could say, hey, you're burning 2,000 calories a day, so you want to make sure you're eating 2,000 calories a day. And obviously, there's a time and place where that would be higher and lower, but that's kind of getting into the weeds. But you could eat 2,000 calories in Skittles, and it's probably not going to be the best for your <laughs> you know, physique and health goals. And so by double clicking down on calories, you can say, okay, what are calories made up of? You can classify three different types of calories, and that's going to be your macros. And most people know them more than they think because the three macros are your protein, carbs, and then fats, which most people are familiar with. Okay, protein, I know that you know, meat and fish. Okay, carbs, rice, potatoes, quinoa. Okay, fats, olive oil, mixed nuts, right? So most people are more familiar than they think, but it's just really putting the description and the categories to those foods. So once you understand that, oh, okay, I can get even more specific to know how much macros, different macros, how much protein, carbs, and fat are in these different foods, then it's really just knowing, okay, what does my body need, not only in terms of calories, but specifically macros, and then what's in these foods, and then pairing them together. So that's kind of the very foundation of it, of macros, and kind of how I start to teach it. And then, of course, there's so many different ways that we can go from there to be even more specific or more detailed or explain it even further. Yeah. So there's so much to like unpack and I'm like so excited. I don't even know where to start, but I guess I want to start by asking like in this age of deciphering, you know, different diets and ways to eat and there's keto and whole 30 and this program and that program, how does knowing what someone's personalized macros, how does that empower them to make it a lifestyle instead of something that's just like, okay, I want to learn how to do this for 30 days and then where do I go from there? Oh, I love this question. I actually have in my program a specific like week where we just cover comparing different diets so people can understand. So like we need to be empowered with this, right? And so we're, we don't just think, oh, I just need to do this diet because I have a couple of friends doing it, right? But mm -hmm. really understanding it. And so it goes back to understanding your body and understanding food. So if you think about any diet, it really is just a generic way to represent macros. So which macros is just understanding food. So perfect example would be the keto diet. Keto diet is, if you look at it in terms of macros, which that's what it's trying to achieve, it's saying, let's keep your carbs really, really low, like below 30 to 50 grams low. Let's get majority of your calories from fat and then have moderate protein. So really, it is just a way to represent macros, but because people can think that macros are, is complicated, it is a way to remove the complexity of it and just say, hey, don't have any carbs. And that's really easy for people to follow because it's just saying, hey, don't have any carbs. And you're like, okay, great. But the issue with that and why that may work in the short term the issue with it is I found when we're not empowered to understand how it works and to make decisions, then it really just becomes a short-term effort that we're doing for a little bit. And then we go back to what we were doing before mm -hmm. versus if we just understand food, right. In terms of knowing how many calories in breaking it out to the specific macros I need and how does that pair up with different, different foods, then it's just saying, Oh, okay. I know what my body needs to feel my body versus doing this short-term restrictive mm -hmm. effort and then going back to what I was doing before. Mm -hmm. So that's how it really, I just can't emphasize enough that it's just understanding food yeah. versus putting a layer on top of it so that way it's easier to follow. Yeah. You know, the first time I ever tracked macros, it was a few years back and it didn't even take me that long to you know, to follow like, okay, I need to get this many grams of protein, this many grams of fat, this many grams of carbs, like in a day, I was shocked at how imbalanced I was eating prior to that. You know, like I was not getting nearly enough protein. I was probably way overeating carbs, fats. I'm not sure maybe was like sort of on, but I feel like it really does give you a better understanding of like, you can make 
anything work within macros. I love that this is not like, okay, we're going to eliminate everything that you love and then hopefully you can maintain this for your lifetime. You know, it's not like that. You can make cheese or sweets or wine or anything work as long as it like fits. It's like a puzzle, you know, and I thought I found that to be so empowering because it didn't take me long before I could kind of eyeball, you know, I was like, okay, well, I know in general, I need to be eating about this, this much protein now. And it was like a pretty big difference from how I I was eating prior to that. So I do think that this is like the best education that someone can have, like in terms of getting to know what fuels their body and how food does not need to like control you. And yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's not just like, okay, I either eat clean Mm -hmm. or I don't eat, you know, or I eat crap. Right. And so it kind of removes that and has you really focus on quantity over being so perfect with quality and quality still is important. Mm -hmm. And when you have macros, it still does force you to eat, you know, quality food, but it gives you a little bit more flexibility where instead of thinking like, okay, I'm good if I have, you know, vegetables and I'm bad if I have crackers, it more so thinks, oh, okay, how, let's look at this in terms of quantity of food and how much fuel I need. And then let's also consider the quality of it and looking at the ingredients. So it definitely allows you to be more flexibility or to have more flexibility. The other thing is I kind of think of macros because I'm sure people are thinking right now who are listening, like, okay, but that seems really tedious. It seems like a lot of work. I've got to know, memorize every food or do a math problem before I eat. And I want to share that I think of macros in kind of three different phases. So there's the first phase where it does take more effort at first before something's going to be effortless. And so there is the effort phase where you are learning and you are figuring it out. But I will say, once you start understanding it, a lot of food, you can categorize foods. So for example, and this is something that I I really teach is If you took any carb that comes from the ground, so your potatoes, your couscous, your quinoa, your rice, you know, sweet potatoes, all of those, and you have a half a cup of that, or if you even just think about your hand, a handful of any of those that are cooked, that's going to be about 25 grams of carbs. Mm, So I love that. Yeah. A visual. Yeah. yeah. So then if you, if you know that, okay, well I need, and I'm just making this number up, if I need 150 grams of carbs per day, and let's say if I divide that by how many meals I'm having, let's say that I need 50 grams of carbs at my lunch, then I know that a half a cup or one handful of any carb that I choose is going to be about 25 grams, then I know I need two of those. So two handfuls every day at lunch. So then you're less reliant on an app or using a food scale, even though those are are important to be more accurate or to help you visualize this, but it allows you to be so much more empowered with understanding food to be like, oh, okay, well, lunch today, I know I need two handfuls of any carb, right? So even if you're going out to eat, right, you can still make that decision and be fairly close to your macros because you understand how food is categorized, right? And you just understand food at a deeper level. So that's just one example and that's really phase one of like understanding food right and putting it putting in the effort to understand food and categorizing food the second phase is making it tracking really efficient so once you learn food right and you learn how to track then you can start setting up the systems to for it to be a little bit more systemized instead of so much taking so much effort right and start really thinking about okay how can i you know, use the app to just copy and paste meals over, right? Like it takes me maybe two minutes a day to track my food because I'm copying things over or I like just know how to navigate the app. But even if I'm not in the app, right, I'm starting, I'm using my hands, right? Or I have a planning process where I know how to hit my targets and it becomes really efficient. Um, And so that's where you, you know, it's so easy that you can consistently stay on track. And when you consistently stay on track, that's when you make progress. So that's phase two. And then phase three is when you understand food so much that you can start distancing yourself from tracking and from weighing food 
because you just understand macros in food at a deeper level that you cannot track for a whole day and still be really directional based on those like systems that you've set up in your understanding of food. And so that's definitely where I'm at now. And it's so empowering because I don't feel like I need to track for the rest of my life. I definitely still track when I have specific goals. I think it helps me be more accurate. But in my day to day, I think there's a there's periods of life where I'm focused, you know, on making progress a little bit more specific and, and same with my ladies. Um, and sometimes when I'm not, and I think getting to that place is so empowering. And that's really kind of like the full cycle where I have ladies now who have been working with me for a while and they're in that phase and we're letting go of the app. So that's kind of long winded way, but hopefully you guys understand now how this can kind of work for you and not something that you have to do for a little bit and then go back to what you're doing before. Yeah, absolutely. So I was listening to your podcast um, the other day, and you had mentioned how so many women come to you asking the wrong questions. And I love how you shifted the focus on what people should really be asking and what they should be thinking about in terms of food. Can you share what some of those wrong questions are and enlighten us on what the focus should be? Yeah. And I want to first start off saying wrong question kind of sounds negative, even though that's exactly what I said. Uh, but we've never been taught nutrition, right? Like yeah. we don't even know what questions to ask because we, we've we never been taught this. And so going back to like being educated when it comes to nutrition is just so powerful. And then it starts, starts you down the path to getting the right answers, right? Versus getting good answers to a wrong, a quote, wrong question. So a lot of times I get asked, well, is this food good or bad? Right? Or should I have this food? or that food? Or should I do this diet or that diet for two weeks? And so those are a lot of things, a lot of questions that I get asked. And when I get asked that, I can tell that they are coming at it from a good place of like, oh, I want I want to know, I'm, I'm trying to be better. But I really encourage them to back up and really think about it differently. So first, instead of doing a diet for a short amount of time, Really, most of my most of my ladies, and I'm sure a lot of people listening to this podcast, want to change their body composition. They don't want to just have the scale go down for a couple of days and then it go back up. They truly want to build muscle and decrease body fat. And so, if you're going to build muscle, or you can build muscle, you know, you can build depending on where you're at, you know, a pound to maybe a couple pounds per month, and then decrease about a half a pound of true body fat per week. And so that takes time, right? So you really want something for at least a couple of months to really change your shape and not just temporarily decrease the scale. Because if you go all out on a diet or you eat super clean, you're going to decrease inflammation and you're going to in decrease water retention in your body. So on the scale, it's going to look like, oh, I'm dropping Mm -hmm. dropping a bunch of weight. But in the short term, you're really not dropping a lot of body fat during that time. And then if you're so focused on restricting yourself, you're not eating enough to actually put on muscle. So really stepping back from the short term efforts and looking at what I call a nutrition strategy. And so that's looking at a game plan that's mapped out over months. Typically around four months, I think is a, is a good nutrition strategy where there are specific time periods where you have different efforts and different focuses, but really you're giving yourself enough time to create the change that you're looking to change. Um, so that's the first one. And then in terms of like, is this food good or is this food bad or should I eat this food or that food? I think it's really taking it back to, okay, well, what's the number one focus? And that really comes down to fueling that car. Am I, am I getting enough fuel into that car? to support my metabolism. So my metabolism's kicking. So AKA, am I getting enough um, nutrients in, in my body to make sure my metabolism is working at a high speed? And then second, um, to able to like fully have a fully functioning internal body, right? Where your hormones, um, your thyroid, like all the things that go on under the hood per se. And then lastly is you need enough nutrients to actually build muscle. So that really comes back to focusing on quantity over quality 
of food. So that would be like number one, if we had like a hierarchy chart, that would be like top of the totem pole of the main focus. So then you have to think of, okay, well, is this food good or bad? Well, in what context, right? Because if the goal is to focus on the amount of food that I really need, well, somebody who may need a lot of food or a lot of carbs, that food may be a great option for them because they're trying to eat, eat more. For somebody who maybe has a lower amount of carbs, that food may not be the best because then they'll go over their carb allotment for the day. Um, so it really depends on the context. And so that's in terms of quantity and the amount of food. But then we can also look at quality of food because that still is important and how much of this food is processed and how processed is it? Because you can have crackers, right, that just have maybe a little bit of the nutrients removed and maybe no sugar added. But then you can also have, you know, candy bars that are just pure sugar and milk. So um, that's kind of the next context that I would look at um, after looking at the quantity in your in your specific goals. Then I would look at, okay, let's look at the quality of this food um, and then also in relation to your specific goals too. So that's a lot of information. So let me no, stop and see if you have questions. I on think that. that's so everything that you're I'm like hanging on every word because I think so much of this is really helpful information. And like you said a while back, we're not educated on nutrition in school. You know, like if it is, it's maybe like what, just like the basic understanding of like I mean the food pyramid. I, yeah, the food pyramid, which is like so hello. Like 1987 yeah. called and wanted their, you know, <laughs> their diagram back. Yes. We know so much more now, like as an everyday consumer, but like once you start to learn a little bit about it, you realize how much you don't know. And I think that that's where it becomes overwhelming for people, you know, and that's why I think this information is just like so helpful because what are the things that people should consider if they want to change their relationship with food or change their body composition? You know, it doesn't always have to be about how you look, but let's, let's be real. Like everyone wants to look and feel good. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I think doing it in a way that is sustainable and that probably re- rewires some thoughts that you have around food and how it might like control you is the most like I that's I'm taking a lot of that away from the education that you're giving so I don't think it's too much <laughs> but I do want to ask you this so so many food habits that people have are psychological what is some advice that you give to your clients or to the person who like stress eats or eats emotionally yeah. So kind of taking this question and also building off what you just last said, you don't have to do macros to see success, right? It is a tool. There are other foundational principles that are beneficial to have in place first that then make macros so much easier to build off of like on top of those foundational principles. Um, and so I think a lot of times people can be like, oh my gosh, I've got to you know hit these macros. And then maybe they get stressed out whether trying to hit the macros or stressed out because of work or they had gotten a fight with their partner, right? Or family or friend stuff going on. And so that can lead to what maybe is emotional eating, right? Or maybe they think, oh, I'll never get to where I want to be. Or I had a bad workout, right? Or something that triggers an emotion that then creates the action of, of being comforted with food. And so I think it's important to see that our actions are driven from an emotion that we have, which that's why it's called emotional eating, right? Because the emotion that we have drives us to the pantry or to, you know, the fridge because we do get temporary like satisfaction from that food. And so just kind of bringing awareness to, okay, that's what's happening. Well, then what is driving my emotion or what can I do with that emotion? And so our emotions are driven by our thoughts. And so a lot of times, especially for my ladies, they're very type A, very go-getters, and they're fast, they're quick. And so they might not even realize that they're having a thought, and they just immediately feel the motion and, and take quick action from that. And so really slowing down to observe what's going on in our brain and our thoughts to see, okay, why, what's going on? Like, what am I thinking that's driving this emotion of maybe it's stress, maybe it's sadness, maybe it's overwhelm. 
that then is driving the action of going to the pantry. And so when you have, it just brings so much aware, awareness to what your thoughts are. And then you can start questioning them because someone might have a, you know, taking care of a handful of kids. And then they're also a full-time, uh, you know, working full-time and they've got a lot on their plate and they're constantly thinking like, I've got too much going on. It's overwhelming. And that's their emotion where somebody else could have the exact same scenario and they could be thinking, man, I am such a boss. Like I've got this down. I am like, I, I had a call with one of my clients earlier this morning and she has three kids and a newborn. And she is, and I don't even require hitting your macros perfect every day. And she hits them perfect every day. Like no questions asked. And she's like, yeah, we got this. It's easy. Right. Mm -hmm. Where other people may not be the case. And so getting to her thoughts, right. Are just going to be different from that other person's thoughts and knowing that you have control over those thoughts. Well, is it even true that I have got so much going on or can I change that to, oh, I actually have so much going on and I'm handling it really well. Yes. Right. And just really questioning the default thoughts that we're having, because that'll then change your emotion that then changes the action. Now, I will say that can be difficult to do, but that's why I journal every single morning to get that out. Right. And then from there, realizing even if I can't in the moment change that thought, I can sit with that feeling if I'm stressed, like it's not going to kill me to be stressed, right? Mm -hmm. It's just an emotion. Yeah. And like we can just, we can handle any emotion uh, and we don't have to act on them. So that's the next thing when it comes to um, emotional eating. So those would be the two things that I would suggest. And it really kind of takes you away from anything to do with food and kind of leaning into what's going on internally, because that's really going to be the driver. Everything that you just said is like, my podcast summed up. I absolutely love that. Just being aware of your thoughts is it's half the battle. You know, um, I just actually recorded an episode about how to get unstuck and it's like in life, you know, with wherever you're at. And it's like, are you stuck though? Or are you just giving this feeling an identity and you have to call it something, you know, like, why are you calling it stuck? Like just, if we can rename, you know, or rethink the the lens in which we are viewing our life and our situations so much can be different about them so that was so yes. helpful to have that point reiterated and especially with like eating and and food habits because you know i think that people don't want to be reactive you know to their emotions with food but it's like well how do you become un you know how do you undo all that and all those layers and i think it's just the first step is literally like becoming aware Yes. And then like what exactly what you said, what are you making it mean? Mm -hmm. Right? Like literally the other day I was thinking about how stressed I was. And then I was like, that's a problem. I shouldn't be stressed. It's a problem. And then I realized, oh no, stress is just an emotion. This actually isn't a problem. It actually means I'm my business is growing, right? It's yes. actually a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's so empowering. And to you probably, um, I talked about this, I coached about this the other day too. And I know you relate to this. It's kind of like when we go and we work out, right? And we're squatting and it's painful. Like it's physically painful, but we associate that pain with like, oh, I'm getting so strong. Mm -hmm. Ooh, I'm like such a badass. <laughs> I'm so powerful, right? Whereas other people go and they work out, right? They associate that pain with something that's terrible, right? And so it's almost like, and same thing with other things that I do, right? Like writing emails, that's painful for me, but other people are great at it, right? But I can reframe it in my brain to mean something else. And that's going to affect how I feel about it. And therefore the actions I take. Um, oh, this is like a therapy session. I love it. I could talk about this stuff all day. You are so yes. awesome, Jenny. Thank you so much for addressing all that. And especially the fact that we, we get scared of negative emotions and I, I talk about this a lot too and how we want to like push them aside as fast as possible, right? Because it doesn't feel good to have like a negative emotion, but at the end of the day, if you can just realize it's literally a, just a vibration in your body, right? It's nothing is actually happening besides a feeling. And yeah, like you said, we can handle any feeling. It's not going to kill us. So yeah, if you can just like sit with it and instead of trying to like always avoid it, 
just be with it for a minute. You know, it's going to pass. It's going to pass. So anyways. 100%. So good. We could probably go on. on I know. I'm like, I hope this wasn't too big of a tangent, but I think this is really the (laughs) stuff that people need to hear. So I want to ask you a question because I actually get asked this pretty frequently, not even having like a formal uh, background with nutrition, but people want to know about like timing. What about like, what would you tell people in terms of that maybe are lifting or they're going on long distance runs or when, you know, when they're incorporating nutrition around their workouts and around the clock, can you share with us like what is best to be eating when? Yes, absolutely. And I think this, I can answer this question in a way that shows you too, like how much knowledge you already have instead of just saying, oh, you want to have a banana before you work out, right? Like people have probably heard that before. And okay, great. That's a good one-off tip, but why do I want to have that? And then what if I don't have a banana? Or what if I don't like bananas, right? Or what if I want to change it up, you know, in a couple of months? So I, I'd love to answer this to give you the framework of like the bigger picture. And then, so that way you can understand it and you guys can make the decision um, for what you want. So when it comes to your workout, ideally you are stacking your carbs around your workout. So now that you guys know what carbs are, right? You want to stack them around your workout. And why do you want to do this? So when you are working out, your body utilizes glycogen in your from your muscle as fuel. Well, glycogen is really just stored carbs. So when you think about it that way, you're like, okay, if I want to have a really good workout, I want to make sure my store my glycogen storages are full. So that way I can push harder in my workout and have more energy in my workout. So that's why you want to get carbs in before your workout. And then you want to get carbs in after your workout because you want to replenish those like those glycogen storage storages in your muscle. Um, and you're kind of you're in a great place then to use that fuel to recover from that workout too and to build those muscles and repair those muscles. So that's why you want to have carbs and you can start thinking through like how it actually works in your body when you're working out and when you're recovering. But then what does that look like, right? How do I actually apply that? And so carbs are going to be your, you know, your rice, your quinoa, your potatoes, your oatmeal. Those are really like your whole sources of carbs. But then there's also things that are like quicker digesting, like pretzels or toast or crackers um, that are also a source of carbs. And so about 90 minutes to two hours before your workout is when you'll want to get those carbs in so that way it can go through your digestive system and get absorbed and get stored as muscle glycogen. So then one, you don't have food sitting in your stomach when you're trying to work out, but then two, you have that fuel in your muscles that's like ready to go. Then afterwards, you want to get carbs in within 90 minutes to two hours after your workout for the same reason. So that way it get, gets into your digestive system and gets absorbed and helps to recover um, those muscles and then like replenish your um, glycogen storages. So then that's kind of the application of it. So then let's get specific and get, give a couple of examples. So let's say you work out, you do a 4 p.m. class or after work, maybe at 5 p.m. you go on a run. So you'd think, okay, what is about 90 minutes to two hours before that? And most people are probably working then. Mm-hmm. And so it may not be their lunch break. So it may be between that 2 to 3 you know, p.m. time period. So they might be able to have like a full meal, right? So it may be like a snack option. So what's a good snack option? So they have these to-go oatmeal containers that you can get at the store that you just put water in, you know, either put in the microwave or some boiling water. Um, and that's a great option, right? And you can pair that with some other protein or other um, like hard-boiled eggs or other um, fruit to just add some more flavor to it too. Um, so that might be a great option. Or let's say um, like I've done you know sweet potatoes before. That's another good option. Or I've done pretzels before. If I'm you know I need something that that's quicker, or I'm on you know, in my car and I don't have you know anything to you know actually sit down and eat. Um, but I think the the point is you get to choose what that looks like, right? So what type of carbs? you know, do you like, and then what's going to work with your specific scenario at that time. Mm, mm-hmm. And then 
afterwards, okay, so then you go, you do your workout, and then at five, and then within two hours, right, you're going to be having dinner, right? So you'll just want to make sure you get carbs in with that dinner. So you have your, you know, maybe it's you're having steak for dinner, and then you're going to have um, red potatoes with that, and then green beans, right? So you're going to get those carbs in then. So the that's kind of taking you from the framework to the like knowledge and then the actual application and examples. But do you have any questions on that? Where does, you know, I think people, their, their protein questions are, you know, like, when do I have my protein around my workouts? Cause I love that. I love like the carb, but I was actually, I, I love that that was the focus, but I was actually thinking, you know, like you see people with their protein shakes after their workout, like how important is that um, to get before or after in addition to carbs? Yeah. So I think that it is important as well, um, but I also don't want to overwhelm everybody because I could go on and on and on, <laughs> like, right. all the details of this. Um, but I would say actually carbs is probably more important because of those reasons. Um, but at the same time, it's really easy to get a protein shake in immediately post-workout. So I do think that should be part of the routine too. And that would be like, you know, runner up, but it's very easy to do. So I would just make it part of your standard routine. Um, ideally, you're getting it in within 30 minutes. I I generally just have it like as I'm leaving the gym or as I'm like wrapping up, that's when I'll start drinking the the protein shake. So that's a good question. Yeah. And then since we're talking about all the macros, I'll go ahead and talk about fats too. So because fats are slower digesting, we actually want them the, the opposite time of carbs because we don't want something that's slow digesting, right? And then we go to work out and it's still in our stomach, right? We want to get those carbs in and get them stored. So generally our fats are going to be lower before workouts. And then same thing after workouts, we want like, we want the protein and we want the carbs to get in and get, and get to their muscles. And so we don't want them being slowed down by additional fat. So you don't have to be perfect with this. Cause I know some people are like, wait, I was good with the carbs and now yeah. protein, but now fats, it's just getting complicated <laughs> yeah. and it definitely is. So that's why I say start with your calories, right? Then add macros. And then once you've got that down, then add nutrient timing because those two are going to be more important first. Um, and then add your nutrient timing in and then start with carbs, right? And then typically getting the protein shake in is really easy. So start with those two. And then once you're really comfortable with that, then you could start adjusting the fats. Yes. I think layering anything, you know, with a new diet or a new lifestyle or a new habit, I think where people get overwhelmed is that they try to perfect too many things at once and an overwhelmed mind shuts down. And so that is such a great point that it doesn't need to be everything all at once. Just get used to getting in the habit of one thing until that becomes seamless, right? And then you can layer these other things. Exactly. I call it mindless, but seamless, exact same thing. So that way it's, it's just who you are and what you do. Mm, That's when that. you know you've got it. Yeah. And like you said, seamless, it's mindless. It's on autopilot, right? You don't even have to think about it. It's not extra effort. Um, one thing at a time, right? And then layer in the next thing because the long game is where you really make the changes. So you might as well have your plan and your process set up to serve you for the long term. Mm-hmm. That's so awesome. That's actually going to fit perfectly into my last question that I have for you. And I think we've sort of addressed this in just a lot of the conversation um, we've had today. But I just, I have to ask, like, what I think everyone wants to know is how does someone apply what they know now about macros and what best fuels their body into, like, their lifestyle forever, right? Like eating out on the weekends or going on vacation for a week and they don't track macros like at all. Like what is your advice for someone that's like, I just want to like live my life, but I also want this to be a part of it, but I don't want to be bald and chained to it. How do you incorporate this? And what, what comforting advice do you have? You know, like for someone to not go, to not feel like they just went fell off the wagon entirely because they went to Hawaii for a week and, you know, had Mai Tais and wings or whatever, like getting back into their lifestyle. How do they work this into it? Yeah, I think it's so doable and so much easier than people think. 
And it is so much simpler than people think because of a lot of things that we've talked about, right? Where when you just understand food and you understand the portions of food, well, I can go to Hawaii and have you know, my go out to eat and have wings because, hey, I need protein with my dinner anyway. And I can have French fries because, oh, I need carbs with my dinner anyway, right? Sure, it may not be the highest quality of food, but going back to, okay, but quantity and quality are, are, are important, but let's focus on quantity a little bit more than that quality. And so I think it goes back to the knowledge, right, of understanding food and using things like your hands to guesstimate and measure. Um, and then also knowing that you are your average, right? You are going to be physically, if you take the, you know, your past X amount of weeks or months or years and you divided that by how many days, like if you had to rank each day and then divide it by how many days, you are gonna, your physique is going to represent that average. So if you go to, you know, if you're on track with your plan for a month and then you go to Hawaii for a weekend, because you have some processed foods, right, or more alcohol than normal, going back to what I talked about earlier, you're temporarily going to be a little fluffier. You're going to, the scale's going to go up in the short term because of higher inflammation and higher water retention. But that doesn't mean you've actually put on a bunch of body fat. Like that would be, it'd be very hard to put on so much body fat in just like a short period of time. Um, but people see that they're like, oh, I made a bad decision. I had bad food the scales up, I'm feeling fluffy, I'm getting fatter. When really in the short term, that's probably not what's happening. And as soon as you get home, once you get back to your routine, that's going to flush through within two to four days and yeah. you'll be right back to where you were. Mm -hmm. So kind of giving some like, it's like, oh, okay, I don't have to be so perfect. Mm -hmm. And I can have this little like, is it blimp in the radar? Yeah. <laughs> blimp totally. in the radar. Fluctuation, um, you know, in, yeah. in how strict you are with your, your diet for sure. Yeah, exactly. And so it just kind of opens up the door for it's like, oh, yeah, I can go out to eat. I can travel. I can have some flexibility. It's all about like what my average is and what's kind of the overarching strategy um, that I'm implementing. And then I think the other thing that you kind of mentioned within that is like, okay, well, how do I get back on track once I do have a weekend like that? And I think it's going to the low hanging fruit. And kind of what I talked about earlier, where I have my ladies do like foundational guidelines before we even get into tracking, we like set them up to be really prepared to build on that and add tracking. Um, but even if they weren't tracking, it's so beneficial to have these like foundational guidelines in place where like the number one thing I do is like, let's create your daily feeding structure. So you don't need to eat at 7 a.m. every single day, but like what, what does it look like day to day? Do I have breakfast, lunch, snack, dinner? right? Like what works for your schedule? Or maybe it's just breakfast, lunch, dinner. And that is what you repeat every single day. Because then you know you're consistently giving your body the same amount of food every day. And then you can plan for that too. Like you can write your grocery list based off of that. Oh, well, I know I'm going to have a snack each day. So what snack is that going to be? And then from there, I have concepts like create your plate where at each meal, I know that, okay, I'm going to get a protein, carb, and vegetable at each meal. So then not only can I plan for that, um, but that's a really easy way to get back on track and make decisions. Let's say it's Monday, right? I'm back into, get back from vacation. I'm back into the swing of things. Well, I know I'm going to have breakfast and I know I'm going to have a protein, carb, and um, vegetable. And I don't even have to track or be overwhelmed by any of that. These are just like my, the low hanging fruit, the foundational pieces that I can easily just slide back into. Okay, well, then after a couple of days of that, then I can build off of that when I'm, you know, back in the swing of things. I love that. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Jenny. Is there anything else? Like, is there a question that you just never get asked or that you think about often that you just want to give for, for our listeners um, to just help them in their journey in health and fitness? Really, I think the biggest thing is having people realize that it can be so much simpler than than we think, right? I think a lot of times because we haven't been taught this and because our society really isn't set up for us to be healthy, right? Mm -hmm. And so we're yeah. kind of going against the grain too. But 
it can be so easy once you understand it and understanding it doesn't require you to like go get your license like I did, right? Like you, you can categorize foods. Um, you can think about like a strategy in a high level framework versus getting to, into the weeds of like, oh, this vegetable is bad. This one's good. That is, you know, bad food and I shouldn't have this. I'm on or I'm off of a diet. Um, and really just making it who you are through having the knowledge, having a strategy, and then having a routine, like a nutrition routine that just runs on autopilot. So that would be the, the biggest thing I would say. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Jenny. Where can everyone find you? Tell us your Instagram, your website. How do they work with you if they want to give us the deets? Yeah. So my program, I work with ladies who lift in some capacity, whether it's just dumbbells at home or they're doing you know, CrossFit or at a Globo gym. Um, and I have a program called Create Your Shape. It is four months and we build muscle, decrease body fat, understand how food in your body works and create your nutrition routine that runs on autopilot. So that's my program. And I actually have a program launching soon that starts in middle of March. And you can um, learn more and apply and schedule your consultation call with me at jennythenutritionist.com slash create dash your dash shape. And then if you want to follow along, I'm on Instagram as Jenny the Nutritionist. And then, like you mentioned, I have a podcast and that is called Create Your Shape with Jenny the Nutritionist. So all very similar names. So yeah, they'll so you can follow along. Go find Jenny. Honestly, you're always providing so much value through your Instagram stories and just by way of living, you know, like, you know, this backwards and forwards, and you, it's very clear that this is just who you are. And I love that that's what you empower other women to do too. So definitely go give Jenny a follow. Thank you so much, Jenny, for all of the information that you gave to us today. I hope that it serves many. And if you loved this episode, please be sure to share it on your Instagram and tag me at Aisha Zaza and send it to a friend that might need this information because this is powerful stuff. So I can't wait to see you again next week. Thank you so much. And until then, make it a great day.